Happy pre-turkey time. Leah Pika here. Random fact, I have a secret obsession with Benedict Cumberbatch and Star Trek. So Into Darkness is one of my favorite sci-fi flicks. Not so secret anymore, I guess. And you're listening to The Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 51. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. So guys, somehow... We are approaching the end of another year. It's crazy. This happens every single time. And it amazes me every time how quickly this time approaches where the holiday season starts to get in full swing. And we are fast approaching one of my favorite holidays, which is Thanksgiving. Not only because I get to make incredibly delicious paleo versions of all of the Thanksgiving trimmings at the table, but because it centers around one of the most important value systems that I have both in my business and in my personal life. And that is around gratitude, gratitude and kindness to others. So I decided to do something a little differently with this episode. I decided it's just going to be you and me. It's been a long time since we've had some alone time, you and I, and I want to get back to feeling that connection. You know, I've had an incredible run of authors starting from September on, just the most incredible batch of authors and experts on the show. And this is a perfect time to take a break and do something a little different. So I'd like to share with you a story because this podcast is all about storytelling. And I told a story on my blog a few weeks ago, a very personal one. And what I realized in the response to that post was that it's really critical for us to be transparent about the challenges that we face in trying to be some sort of expert that helps people in the field. And by not sharing this story, I might not have been able to share some very deep wisdom I came across in a challenging situation and offer that as something for reflection for you. So people really loved hearing the story. And because I love you so much, my dear listener, I wanted to share that with you as well. Now, I did have some very entertaining visuals to accompany this story on the blog. So if you want to check those out as well, you're welcome to check that out at leahpeak.com slash 051. But if you're listening for now, let's dive in. So, I have a secret. No, it's not a new tutorial on Google Sheets charts or PowerPoint secrets like you're used to. It's something much more personal. You see, obviously, my greatest passion is storytelling, and I want to do more of that with the things that matter to me most. 
The secret is, I have a little girl inside of me who's still terrified of trolls. Internet trolls, that is. <laughs> trolls, also known as people who send inflammatory or incendiary messages over the internet to incite discord for personal gain of some kind. So this fear has grown alongside of, you know, as I've become increasingly visible in the world of digital analytics and marketing. Fear has definitely come back to haunt me. And as someone where my childhood is riddled with bullying and rejection, the thought of trolls and I don't mix very well. Luckily, up until now, I was really blessed to receive mostly glowing feedback from my audience. Really blessed. Other than one sort of unkind tweet referring to a very old podcast episode, I've successfully managed to evade the troll's den. That is, until I received a message from a subscriber several months ago in response to a guest post I had written on beautiful.ai. It was all about the six effective presentation techniques inspired by Marie Kondo. I had a blast writing that post. I spent months on it (laughs) and I absolutely loved it. It was a labor of love. Here's what the message said, word for word. How about doing Marie Kondo on your site? I see 21 trackers on even the login page. I know you do web analytics, but that doesn't give an excuse for being so messy about it. Oof. <laughs> That's the sound that my belly went. I reread the message several times to be sure that someone actually wrote to me this way. <laughs> and then I proceeded to experience a sequence of emotions and reactions that kind of went something like this. First, I was kind of like, huh? And then I was like, really? And then finally, as is characteristic of my deep family legacy of fiery, retaliatory Greek energy, I was kind of like, yeah, I was exactly, I made that exact sound. (laughs) Now, I had put an exceptionally copious amount of blood, sweat, and tears into this guest post for several months. And I created it from a deep place of joy and service to others. So to have that theme used as sort of fodder for this person's mm, sour words, it wasn't exactly the way to get on my Christmas card list for this year, if you know what I'm saying. And as such, I had to work really hard to stow my itchy trigger finger and prevent it from firing off a scathing response right away, you know? So instead, I went through a very specific process that I'd like to invite you into because I think it could be of value. I call it the two tasks of confrontation. I believe that in every challenging situation, we are charged with two tasks in no particular order. Number one, receive the lesson within the challenge. And number two, decide how to respond to the challenge, if at all. So for the first task, you know, several years ago, I made a conscious commitment to view life's ups and downs as a compendium of learning opportunities 
rather than just a series of random, unfortunate events. This particular episode was no different. I had a choice to stop ruminating and to start illuminating. (laughs) It's clever, right? So once my steam kettle got back to a manageable simmer, I was able to see more clearly and really work on having the humility to see this lesson beyond my own outrage for the tone. So because this was an asynchronously loading email conversation, I actually had some time to formulate my response, think it through. I had to think about why I was so triggered. Part of the reason I was so triggered was that he had hit on something really sensitive for me. He wasn't wrong. For a long time, I've struggled with maintaining my own website analytics simply because building a business as a trainer and a podcast and a professional speaker in the field of data presentation has been all-consuming of my time and attention for the last five years. Converting my private data presentation and storytelling workshop into a web class and now into an online course has eaten up the entire last year of my life. No joke. It's a lot of work. (laughs) And I was still regularly monitoring my site stats, but I was aware that there were major gaps. Gaps in tracking some conversions, some cross-domain analysis, um, signups and things, repeated tags. Yes, I knew. Which was why I set out to hire a fantastic analytics consultant to audit my site analytics and help me focus on the things that I really needed to focus on at the time. So I was just weeks away from kicking off a major site audit with them to tie up some of these loose ends, but this email subscriber shone a bright light on the cracks that I already suspected were there. And I almost, almost allowed my imposter syndrome to kick in, wondering how could I help anyone in the field of analytics if my own analytics were jacked? (laughs) And then before I let that kick in, I stopped and I had compassion for myself because I'm actually not out there teaching analytics implementation with crappy analytics on my site. I teach data storytelling and that's where the bulk of my available time goes. Regardless, The lesson was received loud and clear. Prioritize tidying up to ensure clean results for me, preserve the integrity of my reputation, and avoid provoking sleeping analytics dragons. I silently thank them for taking the time to illuminate me. I wish them well. And then I moved on to the second task of response. So, If you listen to my podcast, you may have noticed that I'm a bit of a quote junkie. Quotes frequently pop up in my life, seemingly at the precise moment that I need to remember something important to teach myself or others. One of my favorite quotes of all time came to mind as I pondered my next move. These are beautiful words to live by from Victor Franklin. He said, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So having the presence of mind 
to take a space within the moment before a response to choose that response (laughs) is incredibly difficult. And I screw this up all the time. So my first choice was probably what most people would recommend and just ignore it. Why feed into an obvious attempt to antagonize me? And it's a fair question. And yet, mm, I am a teacher. (laughs) And in my assessment of the situation, I decided that this was an opportunity to spread the message of one of my brand's value pillars, kindness. And I didn't really care whether they were open to the lesson or not. (laughs) On top of that, There are medical studies that show that the root of illness is a lack of expression and withheld resentment. Emotions are stored deep within our tissues, and we may not realize this, but they can cause rampant health issues. I know this firsthand. And unfortunately, in our incessant drive to please everyone around us, we don't let people rightfully know when they've crossed one of our personal boundaries. This is something that I've only this year gotten better at. So I got myself out in nature, made myself a mug of soothing lemon balm tea, and I contemplated all of the mm, elegant ways to communicate what I was really thinking. (laughs) And I had to rewind the tape a few times, if you know what I mean. So as I considered my response, this is what hit me. I felt sad. I felt saddened to remember how rampantly judgment flows through the corporate world, with the digital marketing and analytics field being no exception. During meetings, we jump down each other's throats without hesitation, with counter-arguments and rebuttals. We expend so much effort showing how right we are and how wrong they are. And online, it's much worse. Entire websites are dedicated to taking public pot shots at each other's work and creating a virtual lynch mob environment. And I'm sharing this with you because I dream of a world where this doesn't exist anymore, and I believe that is possible. I see it as a world where we collaborate to help each other level up rather than use each other as pinatas to make us feel better about ourselves. Okay, end soapbox. (laughs) So with full expression and kindness in mind, I evaluated, I contemplated, I deliberated. And finally, I chose my response. I knew that if I said something really mean, I wouldn't feel good about it, and it could be used against me. And I was determined to be a champion in this field for kindness and compassion. But if I was going to walk my talk, I also needed to sit with myself and remember these seven incredibly important words, that I don't know what I don't know. There is no truth about anything. Every person's truth is true. And detaching from the idea that we know everything is an incredibly valuable life exercise. And now a short break with a message brought to you by me. A new year means fresh budgets for training and professional development. How are you going to spend yours? 
So if you manage a team of digital practitioners or are responsible for their learning curves, a workshop with me would make a solid investment in how data stories get presented for maximum impact in your organization. Other workshops focus only on general data visualization or presentation, and they don't necessarily address the unique challenges in the digital marketing and analytics roles that I lived in for over 12 years. So give me two days and I'll give you and your team a powerful neuroscience-backed toolbox for planning, designing, and delivering digital data presentations that inform decisions and inspire action. So to find out more about my training services, please hop on over to leahpika.com slash workshops and reach out today. So I tried to imagine other possibilities of why this person would respond this way other than the seemingly obvious fact that they were simply a d**k. I thought, well, maybe they were having a really bad day, like getting stuck in traffic or getting fired. Maybe they were annoyed that someone projecting herself to be an expert in something wasn't holding up her end of the bargain. Maybe they thought that they were helping me and tough love was their only communication tool set. Maybe they were raised in a culture where extreme radical honesty and directness is the bridge to trust. Or maybe they're just a bag. The point of the exercise is not which possibility is the right one. I will never know. The point was to blunt my sharpening axe enough to soften my response. It brought me back to a more centered place where I could respond really truthfully to my values. The trick would be to be forthcoming and hold the line with kindness. So I was you know, pondering all of this, another quote surfaced that is one of my absolute favorites. It's a gem of timeless wisdom by Rumi about how everything we say should pass through three important gates. I thoughtfully wrapped the quote in what I felt was a balanced yet direct response. Here's what I said. Hi, thanks so much for the tip. Your message brings up one of my favorite Rumi quotes. Before you speak, let your words pass through three gates. At the first gate, ask yourself, is it true? At the second gate, ask, is it necessary? At the third gate, ask, is it kind? While what you pointed out may have passed the first and second gates, it certainly didn't pass the third. Just because someone can say something doesn't give them the excuse to say it without kindness. I hope that serves you. Be well. End note. I reviewed and reworded and refigured the message several times, and I decided to leave out a retort on his extraneous spaces and the fact that I don't actually have a login page. I don't know what he was referring to. Yes, I actually missed a typo, and I chose to keep it in the actual note that you'd see on the blog post for this. I was in a heightened emotional state, and I'm not perfect, but I am authentic. Finally, I clicked send, and then immediately unsubscribed them from my list, blocked their email, and completely disconnected on all forms of social media. 
Some people didn't agree with that move, and I question it, but I felt fully expressed, and I was not going to invite any sort of debate or continuing engagement. It just wasn't going to add anything to my life. I felt complete. Then I took a moment to visualize them, and I sent them kindness. I thought, wishing you well, which is something I say to every person that I am consciously aware of is triggering me. It's a really powerful exercise. Finally, I let it go. The reality is, like me, this person had a choice. They had the opportunity to choose their response in that space of being triggered by my actions. And my responding with strength and kindness helped me stay in line with my brand's values, just like it's in line with my conscious critique method for delivering constructive feedback. The irony is if they had positioned their feedback from an angle of opportunity rather than judgment, and they were offering analytics audit services, I may have even considered partnering with them. But instead, I've left them to their own devices to examine how they want to show up in this world as a member of the digital community. Did I twist a little baby butter knife at the end by repurposing their words? Okay, fine, I'll cop to that. I am a human being, Captain, not the Buddha. But I felt resolved because there wasn't a single word in this message that could be construed as unkind. And sometimes you need to use a common language to facilitate understanding. The ultimate goal of my response was giving kindness to myself by delivering my unhappiness to them rather than holding it in and to them with the possibility of planting a seed that could change how they treat others in the future. In the end, Richard Carlson said it best, choose being kind over being right and you'll be right every time. If we're going to be a world obsessed with being right, we might as well go about it the kind way. So this Thanksgiving, let's pause, find that space in the moment, and choose to be nicer to each other, people. (laughs) Mama's watching. And now as I send you off into the first part of our winter holiday seasonal mayhem, I want to offer my undying gratitude for the continuing support and outreach and love that you guys send. You've been through quite a journey with me on this show, and the fact that you continue to show up and keep listening is a really rewarding way of showing me the gratitude as well. The other thing I want to tell you is that you're going to see some changes to the way I operate in the next few months. Something that I learned in business this year is that successful business is all about connection. And I realized I'm not spending as much time listening and talking to you as I would like. I spend a good amount of time talking at you, (laughs) but not talking with you. And I want you to know, I am going to be spending all of 2020 and beyond creating more meaningful opportunities for connection with you. I'm going to be picking random subscribers to have calls with and just 
shoot the breeze and see what's got you busy and what's got you fired up in the world of digital and presentation and data storytelling. I'm going to be creating online and also in-person live events, just meetups and get-togethers just to get to know you. I'm going to let you know wherever I'm going to be traveling for work and definitely focusing more on getting out of my little cave in Bucks County and hitting Philly and New York City and really getting to know people in those markets. I'm going to be really working hard to making you the focal point, the front and center of my business, and I'm really looking forward to getting to know you better. So if that interests you, just drop me a note on my email or send me a note on my contact form. I'd love to hear from you. So grateful, and I'm wishing you a start of an incredibly abundant and prosperous holiday season. That's it for today. See you in December. Namaste. Namaste.